On Monday, May 23rd, 2022, Midtown Manhattan said goodbye to a long-standing resident when the city's last working public payphone was officially removed from the area. To quote Matthew Frazier, New York City's Commissioner of the Office of Technology and Innovation, just like we transitioned from the horse and buggy to the automobile and from the automobile to the airplane, the digital evolution has progressed from payphones to high-speed Wi-Fi kiosks to meet the demands of our rapidly changing daily communications needs. I'm Raleigh. And I'm Danielle. And this is Unstuck, the special ed podcast. Good afternoon, Raleigh. Good afternoon. How are you on this glorious or good morning. day? <laughs> well, we're in the afternoon. Oh, I you see. You might be listening. I get it. In the afternoon, evening, or on your morning commute. So it sounds like a good time to listen. It sounds like I mean, most of you are probably out of school by now. Mm. By the time you receive this. True. That's fair. So. Yeah. So enjoy your summer break if you get one. Or enjoy fighting the good fight all summer if you don't. Mm. Fair. Um, so is it weird that we're bringing up payphones? I think it's a little odd. Yeah. So payphones made me think when I saw that article. It made me think about technology and how we are so reliant on it in such a way that we almost... Uh, default to technology for a lot of things that we used to be able to do. So I tell this story to people who look at me like I have three heads when I say, back in the 90s, the 1990s, I was driving a car that broke down partway onto the highway. Thankfully, it wasn't further on, but I'll tell you, it was a decent walk back to the, the other street that I had to get to. And I had to walk from the car to find a payphone because I didn't have a cell phone and nobody was stopping to help. So maybe I wouldn't wanted them to anyway. I don't know. And I had to walk to find a payphone. I had to figure all of that out. So maybe I, you know, and other times you'd have to like drive somewhere with a map in your car. Couldn't use a, uh, what do you call it? GPS. Nope. You didn't, you know, if, if you couldn't find where you were going because you wrote down the directions and then something changed when you were already on your way, you'd have to stop in and ask somebody mm-hmm. where you were going. They'd give you landmarks. Ooh, what's a landmark? <laughs> like that church on the corner, that playground, that store with the weird statue on the, on the roof. You know, these are things that we used to do. We used to be able to do. And we also used to be able to entertain ourselves without having to use technology mm-hmm. to do so. Or at least not technology the way that we know of it. So not using computers, internet, tablets, streaming services, all that what have you. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, humble brag here. I um, I'm gonna call myself out on it before you call me out on it. That's good. I didn't I've have to do driven it again. cross country a few times, and uh, three of those times were with only a map um, brought to me by AAA. Wow. I had to order it, and then it came in the mail. This sounds scary. And then I, I had to use. And then my friend and I would use one of the trips we traveled in two separate cars because we were both moving to Los Angeles at the time mm-hmm. and we had to use walkie talkies that we purchased at the store wow. in order to be like hey be too far away from I have to go to the bathroom yeah that's a great idea <laughs> yeah because we did not have we had cell phones but they were like emergency use you couldn't you had to wait until after nine mm. texting I don't think existed at that no, point in time no, no, no. so yeah you had to find your way around my first like five years of teaching, I taught map skills. Yeah, so that's, it's interesting. So I had originally had, like we had talked about one thought for this was the, you know, how do we get kids engaged without using technology? But then as I was talking about the maps and the getting lost and stuff, I'm thinking, so as an OT, 
I, and I work um, in some of my groups that I run are around life skills. It's, I actually did a group a few weeks ago and I said to the kids, like, you may not realize that you need to know how to read a map, but what happens if you're somewhere that doesn't get service and you have to figure out where you're going? It's such a foreign concept because it used to be for survival or to just function, you had to figure out how to do this. And sometimes you had an atlas. I do think back in the day, so you sort of had like that atlas at first, then you got to a place where you could go online and maybe you could get directions from MapQuest or something, <laughs> but you still have to write them down and they were hard copy paper. You didn't have real time changes, certainly couldn't account for traffic. You couldn't account for detours or just getting lost and taking the wrong turn. Nothing was correcting you. And it just felt like the most foreign concept to talk to these kids about because they're all looking at me like, yeah, we just like you put in the address and you go. And they understood largely what I was getting at, but I think it's important, despite having the technology, that they need that you still need those skills. And I think they build a lot of it. We talk about executive functioning, of course, that's a big part of it as well. But um, I don't know. Maybe we can find a way to loop both in. We could do yeah. the, the technology replacement for entertainment and for uh, fun engagement, social skills, but also for just kind of like executive functioning, real world problem solving well i think about it with telling time too and having um the analog clock and kids being like what we don't need this but there's a reality that there might be one when you need to tell time and the digital clock may not be available we always talk about i think with our kids with executive functioning teaching the passage of time Mm -hmm. and i feel like that that can get missed when you're thinking about a digital digital clock Mm -hmm. versus an analog clock and so teaching some of those skills is really important in different ways Um, But I, you know, something that I think about from 20 years ago of kids doing activities with each other that were very hands-on and required problem-solving, conflict resolution, um, you know, turn-taking, social graces that we just don't necessarily have today. So their kind of parallel to that now is, oh, we're both on the same game on two different, uh, you know, laptops or tablets, and we're engaging with each other this way, but we're really not teamwork we're not you know it's not like this is a, sometimes i guess it can be but it's not always about like this is something we're figuring out together or we're use we're physically challenging ourselves in any way we're not you know working on our coordination we're not working on our balance we're not working on our motor planning maybe in a larger sense depending on the game you're playing but you're not really honing in on some of those activities or some of those areas that these kids a lot of our students need to work on well it's interesting that you bring that up i'm actually looking up um the documentary right now, but there's a brand new documentary on Netflix. It's about, um, basically like web-based crimes and Mm -hmm. things like that. And the first episode was about, um, which I had never heard of something called swatting. Mm -hmm. You've never heard of it. Okay. So it's basically two online gamers and this ties to your conflict resolution piece, Mm -hmm. two online gamers or more than that. And like one, um, gets mad because he loses whatever game or does something that ticks the other one off. And that other person will then pretend to be that first person and call the FBI or call the police and say that there are like, there's dead bodies in a closet or something and yeah. then the SWAT team will come to that person's house even though they're That's completely innocent. I, now I get the term swatting. Yeah. So they call it swatting and I was floored by how often this occurs and then to your point about conflict resolution it's like you have a lot of kids who grew up in this um, age of technology where they don't really have to meet face to face and like have a discussion and work it out. I think one of the swatting incidents that they were talking about where someone got murdered was over by the SWAT team was over a dollar fifty that they had bet on a Halo game or something oh, like wow. that. And so there's no, um, there was 
obviously challenges in teaching conflict resolution because both of those kids were anxious and never got out in the community and all of that stuff. So when you say anxious, I was just thinking, I, you know, we talked about in a previous podcast, like learning how to sit with anxiety or sit with uncomfortable feelings. And I think, you know, I, I always feel like the oddball, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a, a tech person. I don't spend a lot of time on my phone and I spend time in my thoughts, which seems like such a weird thing to say out loud. Like, Oh, I think that's what I'm doing. And I, I think when we are for, you know, shoving an iPad in front of a kid's face when they're three years old, we're basically saying, don't have, don't deal with anything. Just entertain you. Something's always entertaining you. You always get to, you know, I call it the TikTok generation. We always get to go, oh, 30 seconds, click next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Entertain me. Give me something. I don't have to sit with my feelings. I don't have to sit with discomfort. I don't have to think. I just have to keep changing the channel, keep changing the message, keep changing the input. And it's just not realistic. And I see that. You know, again, I don't teach typically large groups. When I do run groups, I notice that immediately kids offer feedback without being solicited for it. This is so, this is terrible. This stinks. This is the worst. This is awful. They're so used to like, I don't like this. Change it to something different. I don't like this game. I was losing this. So even if they're playing it independently, I see this all the time. I'm losing this game instead of sticking with it and figuring out how to win the game or solve that, even a video game, they're on to the next game because now ah, I can't bother, be bothered. I am severely concerned with the way that type of management of stress, management of feelings, management of winning, losing, again, having peers that either are or are not engaged directly in anything with you physically or like even within the game, how that's affecting how we progress and grow and how kids are evolving. It's, it's really kind of scary. To be well, and then we've talked about a bunch of times, like when I see kids at the high school level who are so anxious to, um, they're, I feel like they're in guidance, the guidance suite guidance office all the time because they're so anxious about upcoming tests and things like mm-hmm. that because they don't have that skill set to be yeah. able to break down. That Netflix uh, documentary yeah. is called Web of Make Believe. Web of Make Believe. Highly recommend. I'm only on episode two, so I can't really. Isn't there a famous? Is it a? Who's the? Who's the? Sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, I no. Think there was a famous. I, I don't want to say the name in case I'm wrong, but I think there was. Um, someone attached to that. That's well. Known. Ron Howard. That's it. I was going to say Ron Howard. Yeah. I didn't want to do that without. Yep. Um, and Brian Grazer. Yes, so they yeah. are very well known. Um, yeah. Not that that means it's good or bad. It just I just yeah. remember seeing that. Um, One of the things to tie to that social piece is the, something that you and I used to do that uh, that we were all trained in. Um, Humble brag, tier two uh, trainer over yeah. here on the side of the room yeah. um, is something called behavior management through adventure or project adventure. We've, we've mentioned it before. Yeah, but it's worth. I think about I think about being trained in that and how cool it was to spend ten minutes a couple times a day and playing those team building games and working through challenges with kids, having them come up with the rules to, Mm -hmm. you know, giving like a general guideline of like, here's what the game is. What should our rules be? And having them talk through that and then play the game for 10 minutes. And then after talk through what we could have done differently as a group and how we could have managed things and not directly calling people out, but having that discussion about how to basically either advocate for yourself or to to handle losing um, encouraging kids to solve those problems themselves so i think another thing that you know teachers i've worked with in the past are known for saying is is this an adult problem or a kid problem is this a problem you need to come to a teacher to talk about or can you solve it within your like can you and your friend solve this do you really need my help because i think we also have generations of children who are very reliant and our our parents are all too eager often to step in and and fight the fight so to speak that we are we're missing that ability to advocate show some assertiveness 
show some, you know, empathy, perspective taking. We're missing a lot of that because either we just disengage, we don't have to engage in it, or somebody else clears the path for us. And it's just not building humans that are ready to function in a world where not everything goes your way. Not everything's a video game that you get to just stop and check out of and you don't have to do it anymore. And I think just my OT brain also looks at, you know, the, the general kind of physical fitness and health of kids. And are you getting out and, and physically doing games and activities, first of all, like the actual movement and, and gym-based type of things or out, out activity sports, um, physical... Scavenger movement, hunts. Scavenger hunts. Or are you doing things like um, board games where there's so many things about a, in, in board games that require that higher level thinking, the critical thinking skills, the executive functioning, some fine motor coordination, um, visual perceptual skills. I mean, those games were all designed for that. It's great. That's what's so fun about being an OT is a lot of the things that we can use for, for therapy are games and fun activities. And we're missing that. Kids don't I find a lot of times like they're if they're given an option, do you want to play Operation or do you want to go on your iPad? It's like iPad. Mm-hmm. And I think we almost have to... So another motivation for this podcast was do people feel like they could take a challenge on of wiping away the option of technology a day, a week, and just saying, you know, this is not a thing that we can... We're just going to try something else today. We're not going to use that. We're not even going to use it for school. Our, our academics are not going to be based around what we can pull up on the smart board or... You know google docs or whatever we're doing old school learning and see how that changes how kids engage whether they find it awesome and fun and novel or they hate it but either way it's something to kind of consider i think i have there was a there's a teacher um that um i don't know personally but the story that i heard where the teacher um collects all the cell phones at the beginning of class i'm sure this happens everywhere so this is i just thought it was cool because it was so closely connected and tied to my work now and he would collect the cell phones kids were you know not happy about it at the beginning and same thing with technology he limited the use of technology and this is high school currently and the kids have become so used to it that they don't even think about it or access it during class and they're probably the most engaged Mm -hmm. that like he's you know he said throughout the year kids become more and more engaged because they become comfortable with it Mm -hmm. um and accepting of it i mean in all my years of teaching i never allowed i mean there wasn't availability of it at the beginning but i never allowed technology for any earned time now there are some circumstances where that is the student's motivator Mm -hmm. and there are times for that but when we would have like an end of the day cleanup wrap up we'd always do some sort of two to three group games i mean i remember monopoly deal being like the most popular game in my classroom payday i brought the old school 1980 84 version or something Mm -hmm. in my classroom who knows another i mean there's so many there's so many but when you're if you're trying to tie technology and helping kids and and create that buy-in there are so many reality um, game shows that are on currently to teach these skills. I mean, I'm thinking of a game like The Amazing Race and how you can have this team building activity where partners or groups of three have to get together and solve different puzzles to be able to get to the end, which is a no homework pass or whatever, you know, and you're just creating these ways to teach students in different ways that don't involve using an iPad. Um, Survivor nailed it. It's a really good one because it teaches not only the executive functioning skills, the life skills of cooking, um, and also that teamwork piece as well. I think there are just so many options. Well, and there's just such an over-reliance. I don't think either of us are saying don't use it because it's revolutionary. I mean, there's a thing, you know, sometimes I realize I've gotten kids engaged in an activity that they normally would not have shown any interest in 
or motivation because of technology, whether the activity itself was based in technology or that was the incentive or the reward. I think there is, though, a middle ground, and I think we've shifted so far to... I mean, I remember when teaching life skills groups where I would use videos and it would seem like the kids were just like, wow, we get to watch a video in this. Now it's like every five minutes they're watching a video. And that's, you know, I get it. There are things that just, it works easier this way, but I, I don't want to forget about things that, activities that are more incorporative of other people, of other skill sets, where you're just pushing to have to, meet different demands that you're that you are uncomfortable a little bit that you're not just getting to default to like i don't want to do this i'm going to sit back and i'm going to go on my technology and i think it depends on the type of programming obviously i'm talking about different types of settings that i've been in where the kids really you know with with behavior challenges the motivation is the tech i think in a public school setting you probably could work around it a little more and have different expectations but i just would challenge people to think about because i do it to myself i've been saying it to my colleagues lately like i used to have such a different way that i structured my ot sessions for kids that i um was thinking about movement i was thinking about how to structure like what could what should come first and then what's the real focus of the session and how do i lead up to that and it almost never had anything to do with technology because we just didn't have it we used to have computer lab which was a big treat once a week to go physically yeah. to another space and what did you do there you typed up work you typed up class assignments and then maybe you got to play a game that came on a disc that you had to put in the computer mm -hmm. so it was just a different era but i i don't i think there are things we can still take from those times of how to help kids function in, in more broad ways we're not just so honed in on like i got to play my video games well i used to teach kids sight words by playing basketball if that's what they were interested in or you know so it would be like let's put a bunch of sight words or dodgeball using sight words um or um you know i think some math lessons i used to teach we do like a race a fluency race and mm -hmm. then kids would roll dice to try to add up to a certain number and if they got a five they'd have to run around or they'd have to do 10 push-ups right, or just, different, so important. just keeping that engaged without mm -hmm. one single piece of technology embedded into that at all and it's almost like we've i mean i'm guilty of this too like we become just get through this one thing and then you can go on the tech you know mm -hmm. just just get through it get this i know you hate this let's just do it and then you can have your tablet and i just it's a slippery slope it's become one and you know i get it through um covid shutdowns and virtual school that was such a, a massive component of it that kids were like any way you could possibly motivate students virtually you were going to do that and we sold out for it and i completely understand it i did it myself we need to come back around to something different and it's just one other way to promote i also think we talked about anxiety management we talked about just kind of self-esteem and how those are such pivotal aspects of a student's um existence in school building up that self-esteem lowering that anxiety learning how to deal with stress some of that is from physical movement. Some of that is getting along. You know, maybe you didn't realize you would get along with certain kids until you were kind of encouraged, pushed into an activity and you have to come out of your comfort zone. And maybe you find that you have friends in that group that you didn't think about before because you were so focused on individual kind of rewards or individual technology time. Yeah, I agree, too. And I, you know, I want to reiterate too that it's not that we think that technology is awful awful i think it's great it has its place i think google docs has done been a game changer i think mm -hmm. zoom meetings for example have been a really nice treat to be able to get 
parents at IEP meetings in a more effective way. Although I will say maybe we could meet less often if we didn't have the access to Zoom. Fair enough. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Public and I just, service announcement, yeah. <laughs> less meetings, less more efficiency. I, I just think there are ways in which it has worked in our favor. However, I do think that that social piece is does get lost at times when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to use technology or base it off of that. Well, and then you have the other aspect where kids are going home and like you were alluding to the swatting, although this is more about kids you know. So then you're going home and you're getting onto technology, you're getting on a game or you're you're somehow accessing other kids both known to you and maybe unknown to you, but let's say they're kids in your class. And for where I stand, kids that don't have the best social skills and have emotional trauma or other issues, and now they might not be supervised on some kind of forum or some kind of game where they're talking to each other, they're texting or they're writing things in a chat, and now it's all coming off the rails and then they bring that to school and you have no idea what you're even trying to manage or deal with and school becomes like, okay, now we've got to figure out what you're doing at home in your personal time on this format, you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're playing a video game and you're chatting and you're saying something horrible to somebody. It, and then a kid might, maybe another kid's like, I saw you say that to somebody. Now you're coming to school and ratting. I mean, it just, it's, I think that those type of um, classes or courses or, or groups around being safe on the internet are extremely important. And I'm hoping that that's happening in all settings, that you're talking to kids all the time about what their responsibility is to how to conduct themselves, what to share, what not to share. Um, I'm a, you know, I don't, I'm not saying people aren't doing this. I just, that is such another added piece to that. Well, I'd almost argue that it could be its own class or mm -hmm. its own time where yes. there is a test at the end or there is a project. Mm -hmm. the pro I would promote a project, uh, less so a test about safety on the internet. I mean, we had a couple of students years ago who had some sort of incident online. I don't remember if they were, if they like created a social media account for someone or there was just some back and forth teasing or, or anything. Uh, but I remember I made them sit out of class for like half a day and they had to do research and present a poster to younger kids on internet safety. That's great. And it went a very long way because they, I didn't see them do any of that mm -hmm. again or I didn't hear about it again. And I just think the importance or empowering them to do their own research about these facts and then encouraging them to share that with peers, I think is, is important. And it, it holds them accountable for, for that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just so much, this is, I guess the more we talk, the more I realize this is a very broad topic, um, because you can really approach it from so many angles. I, you know, again, I would, I would reiterate the challenge of finding, you know, we all have it. We all have, I mean, um, somebody brought in battleship to, mm -hmm. um, to work and, so that was something we've been using in um, our OT sessions. And like, even just, I mean, kids will immediately, the first, a lot of times the first reaction, ah, oh, not this game. And then 30 seconds into it, they're smiling, they're enjoying themselves. Um, they're, they're not the most, they're like reluctant participants initially because sometimes, sometimes they're like, this is so cool. But, you know, then you get them engaged in that and it's so, it's amazing. And, and maybe they want to do that more often. The more well, and exposed. speaking of, TikTok videos, uh, you can find a lot of those games there. You know, you see adults playing a lot of those games mm. on TikTok. You can we miss it. Yeah. <laughs> you, I saw like real life um, 
real life battleship speaking of that yeah. that's what it came to my brain the other day and it was basically like a sheet up and then people like stacked chair like people were the battleship so like yeah. there was a group of three and three chairs lined up and a group of two and basically you had to throw a water balloon over to the other side and if it smashed on the person you got their oh, battleship yeah. so it was like something really creative it was team building it was figuring I mean, out and like p- solving the puzzle of where to put to your... do grown up hungry hungry hippos that's true so there's a lot of things you can do so many things with both adults I mean that also could be you know morale boosting for your staff and your your colleagues and then also for kids to come up with it I mean it'd be kind of a cool project especially as we're getting toward the end of the year maybe over the summer if you run summer programs or if you're involved with summer programming or when you start back to school in the fall and you're getting to know each you know a different group of kids getting to know each other these are great ways to build that teamwork morale you know i encourage a lot of when i run groups like this is your team the kids in this class are your team this is coexisting we're learning how to get along and how do we you know foster that certainly there's obviously things you can do technologically wise or technologically wise i just mm-hmm. made that up um, but there i think that's it's really cool to engage kids in some kind of creative like that'd be kind of cool to say like how many games can we transfer to like physically manipulating them Mm -hmm. instead of it being like i'm playing hungry hungry hippos the game how do i play that with humans being the hippos you know just kind of transitioning it to something different well i think i think some of that too is we've talked about this so much but the larger challenge of um of administration and Mm -hmm. making sure that i think there needs to be at some point some meat in the middle of what time people have i think part of the tech the ease of technology is it can happen more efficiently in some ways some of the teaching not always and so when you're in this rigorous curriculum or pushing the curriculum or pushing for whatever state standardized testing there is you know i think oftentimes these um slower more meaningful ways to approach situations can get missed because you're so stressed about that so you know i want to appreciate and recognize that there's a larger systemic issue of having the creativity and wherewithal to do all this stuff but Mm -hmm. um taking it upon yourself to take once a month or even once every other week to do some 10 15 minute team building activity without technology to start or to have that challenge of a week without tech is um is going to be vastly important do it do it full send and let us know how it goes yeah all right what do you got for us um so just to wrap it up we'll we'll do a random topic generator that i find on my cellular telephone not that i couldn't have come up with one and maybe that's what i should have challenged myself to do today well but i'm gonna let the internet help me on this one so i'm a cheater and a hypocrite um would you rather be granted three wishes of your choice 10 years from today or be granted one wish today oh boy I'm going to go, uh, because of I'm impulsive, mm. the one wish today. Okay. All right. Um, you don't want to say what you'd wish, do you? No. Okay. That's fair. It needs to come true, so. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. I'm going to, so I'm a planner, so I'm <laughs> going to say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to really spend the next 10 years thinking long and hard about what I want to do, and then I'm going to have three wishes, and you know what? I'm going to probably come up with some really good ideas that... I can't have happen for 10 years. Hopefully I'm still in a physical state to enjoy them. That's, <laughs> All right. Fair you know, enough. In my elderly. Planner, not planner. I mean, I'm referring to pay phones, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have, who knows? I'm already in my glory years here, but yeah, I would definitely plan ahead for that. Yeah. I, so, I would do it today. You know, fair enough. Oh, that fits. Anyway. It checks. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, please don't forget to follow us on our, I know we've been uh, slacking a little bit on our social media, but with the summer coming around the corner, uh, we'll start posting and planning, t- speaking of planning again. And um, 
making sure that we have everything available to you. Unstuck at Unstuck Podcast One on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So check us out and have a good afternoon. Bye. Bye.